I guess we should do this thing, huh? Fuck yeah, let's do this. All right. Welcome to another episode of Tip to Tip with Lou and Chris. My name is Lou. And my name is Chris. He's still Chris. <laughs> still Chris. We're fucking back. Um, yeah, we're back. It's time to do this again. Um, today, I think this is episode seven now, right? Yeah. It got confusing because we're not, you know, in a perfect world, it'd be one episode per job, so it would be episode seven, job seven, but because of the way this is going, it's not going to work out that way. So I'm going to stop thinking about the jobs, like, numerically. Mm. So this this is episode seven. <laughs> and <laughs> for the record, it's official. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about two jobs. So this is, things are going to get interesting. Um, weirdly, this will catch us up so that the jobs and the, and the episode numbers will match on the next episode. <laughs> right. But that won't last for long, I imagine. Um, the reason that we're talking about two jobs today is, and again, we're going to, so in episode like one, I think we talked about how, how I'm defining the job, like why I'm not considering babysitting a part of this list. And the way I defined it was if I filled out a tax form and then showed up for a shift, it counted as a job. And that's sort of the, the broad strokes, but the way that the reason why there's two jobs today is because um, the job we're talking about is going to be Cineplex Odeon, Woodfield 3 and 4, and also Woodfield 5 through 9. So these are both movie theaters that I worked at, and they are separate movie theaters from the theater I talked about uh, two jobs ago, Ridge Cinemas. Same company, uh, different theaters. So Ridge was in Arlington Heights. Woodfield 3 and 4 and Woodfield 5 through 9 are in Schaumburg or were in Schaumburg. Um, and they were not connected. So 3 and 4 was a big building outside a mall. And then 5 through 9 was the theaters inside the mall. Now, I suppose I could just say Woodfield 3 through 9 if I wanted to just <laughs> call this one job. The reason why I'm not doing that, other than the fact that there are different locations uh, separated by some parking spaces, is... They are different experiences, and they didn't. They were like not con. They were not concurrent. They were not like I. I vaguely, I have a vague recollection of when I worked at five through nine. I know I worked there two separate kind of chunks for very very short periods, and I'll explain that when we get to five through nine. But the more dominant of these two theaters was Woodfield three and four. Did you, when you were a kid, did you go to the movies at Woodfield? Uh, never. Never? So, the way that Woodfield was, Woodfield is a mall in Schaumburg. It's about half an hour north, uh, west of Chicago. Welcome to Geography the Podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> it's a very, like, well-known mall in that area. So, regionally, people would drive to the mall from Indiana or from Wisconsin. It, it was one of those malls where buses of old people would come from nearby states to shop there uh i don't know if that's still the case because at this point 
there's so many malls and shopping and everything's like built up to the point where that might not be necessary. But when I was in high school and thereafter, it was definitely like a destination that that mall. And I don't know, it was a mall I went to a lot during high school and I, I had lots of interactions with that mall even before I worked there. But this is the first time I actually ever worked there. The reason... Do you know anything about me? What are you laughing at, motherfucker? <laughs> that fucking stretch of words <laughs> was so weird. Um, Listen, but re- I've, been, I've been up since like 5.45 this morning. I know, I'm fucking dying. So I know we're both tired, but you're going to hear it from me because I'm doing all the talking, asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you, you've also had several jobs there, which you can edit out if you don't want... Yeah, no, at, uh, at Woodfield, yeah, I definitely have. I've worked, I worked there a gaggle of times later in, in my life. But yeah, I, so the, the way that I got the job at Woodfield 3 and 4, which was the initial theater of those that I worked at. So I, the last job we talked about was PCA, the warehouse uh, power breakfast, <laughs> as I like to think of it. <laughs> and um, you know, I quit that job because, or got fired again, listen to the episode if you haven't, and you can find out why that distinction is necessary, but I stopped working at that job and needed a new job. And I feel like there might've been a period where I went back to Ridge and worked at Ridge for a while, but I can't really remember the timeline of it. It's sort of hazy in my, you know, it's we're going back a few years. years yeah. Yeah, so I don't really remember how that was, but I feel like I probably quit slash got fired from PCA and then worked at Ridge for a while. And then my girlfriend at the time who we talked about, Jacqueline, she got a job as a manager at Woodfield 3 and 4. So the manager, the the assistant manager who hired me at Ridge got promoted to, to general manager of 3 and 4. And then he essentially took Jacqueline with him to be his assistant, I guess. I think she, I think she was an assistant or something. I can't remember if she was his like second in command or if she was like a key holder. But she was definitely in charge there. And I kind of just went with. It was one of those where I needed a job and it was more convenient for me to get rides to her work <laughs> kind of a thing. Right. At that point, we were living together together. Uh, she her mom me and her in an apartment in palatine and so yeah i used to and i i feel like i probably worked there without her occasionally i don't think our schedules always matched because she was still i believe she was still in high school or yeah i think she was still in high school at that point so when she was in school i maybe worked you know Mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't I don't have a lot of really strong memories from that job. I probably worked there for between 2 and 5 months. Ooh, actually. Yeah. So we 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 talked about uh doing an occupational breakdown early in in each episode. This this, this is your this, occupational this, breakdown. This. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll come up with like a a fun little musical cue, you know. I mean, we, um, we I think we should have Tammy chime in with yeah, something. I'll, see, I'll see if i can get her my, my <laughs> wife tammy to do something she's she's done it in the past though she she didn't know exactly what i was doing with her when she said the various <laughs> things she said into a microphone 
<laughs> Do you remember that? He, what, something about look at that riff or something like that. It was uh, well, one of them was it was for a podcast we did before called the Least Worst of. There's a music podcast. At one point, we had like best lyric, and then and I would say you know like in a I, I recorded myself saying best lyric, but then dropped it down really low, so it sounded like. <laughs> I've never seen a lyric that big before. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember? Yes, I do. It's fucking obnoxious. But uh, anyway, yeah, maybe I'll I'll get her to do something for the occupational breakdown of each episode henceforth. But right now I don't have anything like that. Um, But yeah, so the occupational breakdown for this job would be the positions held there which were box office, doorman, and usher, although I don't think I did much ushering at that job. I think it was mostly box office and doorman. My wage earned, which was, I don't remember, somewhere around five bucks probably an hour. Yeah. I think it was more than four twenty-five, which was minimum wage when I worked at Ridge. I think it was a little more than that, but if it was, it wasn't much more than that. And then how long I was there, which uh, I said already, I think I was there between three and six months in that vicinity. And then something else we're going to do, we're going to we're going to give it a score on what we're calling the PP meter. <laughs> and uh which which uh, <laughs> it's it's a clever name, the PP meter. That was my idea. <laughs> it's going to be a score from 1 to 10 where 10 means I'd do it again for free and 1 means I'd rather drink piss than do that again. <laughs> so, we're not going to give that score yet. That'll be an end of the episode score to find out, but uh probably you'll be able to figure out what that score will be by the time we get there because we're going to talk a little more about it like i said i don't have a lot of strong memories about the job it was it was like ridge but less theaters it was only two theaters it was like one big building with two theaters um it was newer than ridge i think no it might not have been actually (laughs) it wasn't it was big but it wasn't nice you know it was it was okay they had one concession stand. I never did concessions there. Um, or if I did, it was just like to help out during a rush because I was feeling generous. As the boyfriend of one of the managers, I sort of got preferential treatment. Um, and I didn't really make friends with anybody there. There were some decent people there, but uh, nobody that I took with me when I left. Um, I do remember... <sighs> I have a really... It's a weird memory, but I know that we we were playing a prank on an employee so like the employee showed up and he parked his car and he, he started working and we got a hold of his keys and i didn't do it it was another guy that worked there but he went out and basically moved the guy's car right so the joke is haha he comes out your car is gone like he thinks his car is stolen we all laughed and we said no it's just over here around the corner so we moved the car and then put the keys back and then at some point it's revealed i think by him going out to his car that we didn't move his car. We moved some other person's car with his car keys. So it was another car, same make, same model, similar color, and the fucking key worked. What the fuck? Isn't that bizarre? It's fucking weird. I didn't even think that was a, a possible thing until I saw it happen. And we, we like freaked out and rushed and ran and moved the car back that we had moved because it was a customer in a movie. <laughs> And we essentially stole their car and moved it like three aisles over. And I just, I was so like, is, what? How is that even a thing? Just like a shitty beater or what? I don't know. I mean, it was like not a great, I I feel like it was probably like a fucking, you know, 
Buickle Saber or something. It was something yeah. generic, like a generic coupe. It wasn't anything fancy special, but it wasn't like a piece of shit. It was just this dude's shitty, like, light blue car that we moved, and then it wasn't his car. It was so weird. And like I said, it's been a long time, and my memory's a little hazy on it, so I don't remember exactly, like... I just remember being like, what? Like, how is that even possible? And then panicking, like, we got to move that fucking car back, dude. <laughs> like, something's going to come out of the theater, and their car's going to be stolen, and we're the ones who stole it. <laughs> but fucking you, weird. Yeah, that's a memory I have from that job. And then uh, one of the other really strong memories I have from that job is me and my girlfriend used to fuck in the office. So, like, I'd be the closing uh, person. So, like, essentially one person would have to stay with the manager until the last theater got out and all the people left. And usually it was like a closing usher or something like that. Sure. But because she was my ride, we'd work together, I would just stay. So even though I was a box office person, I'd turn into the closing usher after the last concession people left. And then the last movie would be going on and there'd be people in the theater, but they wouldn't be, like we closed the concession stand down about 10 minutes after that movie started. And then everybody left, they'd clean and leave. And then there'd be about an hour where people are in the movie and there's nobody in the lobby and there's no other employees in the building except for me and her and so we'd fuck in the office and the way the office was there was a box office facing the front like parking lot and then there was a door and then there was the manager's office which is pretty small and then there was a door and the door led out to the lobby and then across from the lobby across from the door was the concession stand the manager's office facing the concession concession stand it was like two full-length windows like you know floor-to-ceiling windows and then vertical blinds in the windows and yeah. then the door in the middle so there's windows on either side of the door and i have like vivid memories of us fucking and me being able to like you know the, the movie would get out and people would come out of the theater like milling about you know taking a piss in the bathroom and whatever waiting for their friends they'd be out in the lobby while we're fucking away and the vertical blinds would kind of be parting you know they'd be swinging with like the fucking air conditioning or whatever <laughs> yeah. and i could see people like right outside the glass from where we're fucking like you know i'd be railing away and i'd be almost able to make eye contact with a dude <laughs> and i'm sure they they heard noises you know They're like <laughs> did i just see a fucking nipple I, yeah it's like i would imagine it'd be they'd hear a noise that sounded kind of rhythmic maybe some heavy breathing right on the other side of glass and some vertical blinds I, we never got caught but i remember many times being like this is kind of risky <laughs> what did, we're doing did that do anything for you did you like that or it was just there yeah a little i think i liked i liked the nastiness of it i'm not necessarily a voyeur or a, a exhibitionist but i do like things that are kinky or considered nasty so, so it wasn't necessarily the exhibitionism of, of it as much as like the naughtiness of it that I enjoyed. And also, you know, I'm young and the idea of like fucking at work was kind of cool. And, you know, we, we, it's not the first time, you know, that that happened. Yeah. Like that, that job. Cause we worked together at Ridge too. So there was some, uh, late night, you know, we, we'd have like employee screenings of movies and then we'd mosey on to another theater that was not occupied with a movie or employees and it was pitch black dark in there and i remember actually one time this is probably should have gone on the ridge episode but i remember one time we were in the like hallway leading into one of the theaters yeah and we were doing stuff 
and then another F- employee fingering each other. No, I think I might have been getting a blowjob. If I'm if I'm being very specific, I think I might have been receiving fellatio. Okay. And and this guy that we worked with came came walking into the hallway, and I don't know what he was doing. I think maybe he was looking for someone else. So he like walked in the hallway, and it's pitch black where we're at, but where he's at, there's a little bit of light coming in behind him, so I can see a guy walk in, and then I I see him like looking. Kind of looking down at, it, at at where we are, and I'm sure in his brain he's trying to figure out if there's someone there, like he's listening, and we're kind of stopped moving, so <laughs> and just, kind of just we had like a, a like a standstill, you know, for for a second, and I think he said hello, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then we didn't say anything, and then he turned around and walked away. Sounded like someone so. was getting their fucking dick sucked over there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't. I can't even remember if I ever talked to him about that. But that actually reminds me of another story. That's also <laughs> it's Ridge related, but we weren't working at Ridge at the time. But it was another midnight screening, employee screening, and me and my girlfriend and to another friend and his girlfriend, we went to another theater. So I think we were in theater one, which is like a really small theater in Ridge and pitch black in there. Like we kind of felt our way down and we went down to like the carpeted area right in front of the screen at the bottom where the seats are. Yeah. And we proceeded to have our our fun and it wasn't like a foursome. It was like two couples, maybe four feet apart from each other doing what we're doing. But we were in there doing that. And then all of a sudden the fucking doors open at the top and we can see the light kind of come in, but it's was not enough. Was there a enough. movie playing at the time? Or no, no, no. It was okay. completely pitch black. The employee screening was at a different theater and in the same, in Ridge. It was like theater three or four, like one of the big ones. Got it. And we retreated to a smaller one thinking we'd have privacy. And then we forgot that Dan was going to, we forgot that Dan was going to do his rounds because he was the closing usher or whatever. <laughs> or, you know what, he might have been a manager at that point, so he probably was doing his, like, check the doors and make sure they're locked rounds yeah. at the end of the night. And so he was going in the theaters that didn't have movies playing. And he came in the theater, and and we all got quiet and stopped. Fuck. And, and he did the thing where he's, like, at the top of the, like, looking towards us but he can't see us and hello he's like kind of yeah i I don't think he said anything i think we just kind of stared at each other in the dark not knowing like he didn't know what he was looking at and we knew that he was looking at us but we couldn't tell if he could see us or not and i'm staying there completely fucking naked for sure (laughs) like in the middle of the you know at the bottom of the theater completely naked just standing there like waiting for him to say something to me and then he just like walked across the fucking thing and, and checked the door on the side and then like walked out of there I don't. He may not even check the door. I think he might have sensed there was something there and didn't want to go in. But have you he guys left. talked and, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, and he's like, "I fucking knew you guys were in there." <laughs> he's like, "I knew." He's like, "I couldn't see you, but I knew. I just, I could sense it. I could smell it. <laughs> it smelled like sex in there, <laughs> it smelled like balls." But yeah, that's got nothing to do with this job that we're talking about today, other than the fact that I did lots of stuff in movie theaters, apparently. Mm. But yeah, Woodfield three and four. There's not much, not much else to say about that job. I, I didn't like it or hate it. Um, there was things about it. It was kind of nice being, like, I didn't really have a boss. My boss was my girlfriend, and then the her boss was like we we're friends. It, it was very relaxed. I kind of did what I wanted and got paid to do the bare minimum of that job. But that was how Woodfield three and four was, and then. Woodfield 5 through 9 was 
so you never went to any of these theaters so it's hard to explain woodfield was it was Woodfield 1 and 2 were the big ones. That's where you'd go and see Titanic opening weekend, right? Yeah, I, I never I never saw the outdoor theaters, but I did see the indoor theaters. I just, like just never... walking around the mall? Yeah. The indoor f- theaters were the worst. They were yeah. the fucking worst. It was like a cave. You'd go in and everything was small. There was not enough room for anything. The theaters themselves were like fucking 30 seats maybe yeah that's and weird. then the screen was like i don't know maybe like f- five feet across <laughs> it was so small they were like tvs it was so it was small to the point where when you turn around the area where the projection booth was like where the the projector was coming out of the little window yeah it was like eye height was <laughs> like you could like look into the projection booth from the theaters which is you know kind of unusual that's fucking ridiculous um, they were tiny and they smelled like piss they were nasty <laughs> I didn't, I didn't want to work there, but I think the first, well, there, so I said before, there's two kind of times I worked there. One time was my girlfriend who was, like I said, managing three and four. She was helping out. I think, I think five through nine needed a manager. They didn't have a manager or something. And so they would have other managers come from other theaters and help out. And so when she would go to five through nine, sometimes I would go work there with her. Um, God, I fucking hated it. Every second of it sucked. It was just everything about that place was a bummer. And I kind of remember, like, I'd sometimes chill and sit on the, like, little wall. There's, like, a little half wall outside, like a little kind of stone fixture that I'd sit on. just kind of people watch in the mall. But that place sucked. Um, and then same exact thing, but with Dan. Dan managed there, and one when Dan was managing there, I would sometimes, like, help out, come and you know, be an usher or I think I did concessions there just to help, but yeah, it was garbage. It was a terrible theater and I hated working there. And I think I only saw one or two movies there. I think I saw Cape fear, the De Niro Cape fear. Yeah. I think I saw that at five through nine, but yeah, that theater was trash and it's fucking walled up now. I think it's weirdly. I think it might be where the improv is. There's like a comedy club there, but you get there through the outside top of the yeah. building. It's like a weird situation, but yeah, it's that theater was shitty and it definitely deserved to be closed. But that's why I don't really think of, even though the jobs are separate to a degree, like five through nine is barely a job. I worked there. I, I might've even gotten paychecks still from the other theaters I was working at. I don't think I got like a different paycheck when I worked there, Yeah. but the experience was different, you know? So to me, they're different jobs in my brain, even though logically I could probably just kind of clump all the theaters there together. But yeah, that was five through nine. Didn't miss it. Uh, didn't enjoy it. Kind of dreaded going there. Really just went there because I wanted to hang out with my friends or my girlfriend and they, they had to be there. So (laughs) (laughs) there I went. Got it. Yeah, so that's 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 how that worked. Now, I want to talk more about jobs with you because, it, forgive me, but we talked about you taking orders over the phone, like in episode <laughs> two or three, right? Yeah, Leona's. Did we? And then what was your next job after that? Well, I worked with actually both of my uncles were carpenters, and I did several jobs with them, and that actually. It's like Jesus. Exactly. Jesus was a carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But just doing like manual labor, just bullshit stuff. What Um, were you actually doing? 
Uh, some like some carrying demo. lumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would just um, carry material or throw out garbage, do like little bullshit stuff. Obviously, no, nothing crazy with like power tools. But you then, weren't on a roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on any fucking roofs. Um, and then, um, I mean, my my first official job would be working at Party City, and I did that on the weekends. Um, when did that start? How old were you? Fuck. I was probably 14. Okay. 14 going into 15. And, and was that when your dad was managing? Uh, my stepmom managed that party city, and I would go on the weekends. Sometimes my uh, my old man would pick me up on Friday nights, and then I would work like all day Saturday and then Sunday in the morning to like 3 or something like that. And it, it just so at at fourteen you were doing that yeah and it just gave me some cash like during the week and you know buy CDs and shit like that right were you just a general like associate at that job yeah I would work at the you, balloon counter <laughs> inflating nice. balloons and shit I've uh, inflated a balloon here and there yeah that a boy we'll you get know it's weird yeah I'm I'm thinking and I I know I've inflated balloons I can't remember sitting here what job I inflated balloons at but I have a distinct memory of inflating, like using the helium and shit. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to at some point during the next 70 jobs being like, this is the job where I inflated balloons. Oh my God. But um, yeah. Yeah. So did you do the register? Yeah. I worked the register, worked the balloon. How'd you counter. feel about handling money? It was nothing. It didn't make you feel uncomfortable or anything. As, N- no, age. not at all. And, um, you know, dealing with like customers, I was always pretty quick, so like people like didn't scream at me or anything like that. And I worked That's good. Yeah, I would stock shelves, and you know, when we close, we'd have to clean up the store and shit like that. But um, that was always a good experience. It was fun. For were me. there ever cute girls working there? Oh yeah, there were. I mean, there were a couple, not like crazy cute. And I was like fourteen, fifteen, and just you know self-conscious That's the perfect age chris i know um, we haven't got we haven't gotten into all that yet not even close working at party city um it was you know i'm i'm good at making friends so like we met at best buy and like we had um our little group of friends and i used to go out with people like once in a while but like at party city we would go out on saturday nights we got we went like fucking bowling and stuff and um, I was always kind of a pussy. Like, I never, like, got in trouble or drank or did drugs or anything like that. So we would just go out and stay up late and fucking eat and bullshit and stuff like that. Um, but my interaction with girls was pretty uh, non-existent. Why didn't you drink or do any drugs or anything like that? You know, I don't know. I just, it didn't call to me. Um, that's the biggest thing. I didn't have a lot of, I mean, I had some friends that drank and like smoked pot and stuff like that, but it's just never something that I put any um, effort into, you know? Yeah. It's so strange the way some people are drawn to doing that kind of stuff. And for then sure. some people are just not. I always try to look for the patterns. I always try to kind of 
figure out like I'm look I look at you and I'm like okay why you know so my instinct is to say oh well you you just by luck of the draw you were hanging out with people who didn't do that stuff and so you weren't kind of pressured in in that way yeah you didn't you didn't you also didn't find like you didn't look up to people who were doing that stuff so you weren't like oh I want to be cool like them right yeah it wasn't really a follower like that yeah yeah I mean I guess it, you it, when that's the case then you look inward and say well why didn't i why wasn't i more interested like some people can't wait for the first time they, they're gonna get drunk you know mm-hmm. did you we'll talk about it more in the best buy episode mm-hmm. but i'm interested in like 14 year old 15 year old chris mm-hmm. did you have fantasies about like hooking up with girls like in your brain did you want a hand job or a blow job or was that not like part of your DNA at that age. I was probably closer to 15 when I worked at Best Buy or uh, Party City, but um I mean for sure, yeah, I wanted all that. But I was like I don't know, man. I did was you like, think did you think that wasn't a realistic goal for you at 15? <laughs> I wasn't um did you know people who were doing stuff? Not people didn't like talk about it a lot. I was, yeah. you know, like you're saying, you know, you're getting laid with like a friend in the movie theater, you know? Yeah. But we were at that point, we were probably 18. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I was 14 getting laid in the movie theater, but <laughs> at at 18, I mean, this, I, I, I'm not sure if this will come up kind of organically or not, but we're, we're closing in real quick here in my timeline to my first four ways into an open relationship. And that's when things will get real funky uh, in my kind of sex life and relationship life and stuff. And it's it was around this time, like the next episode mm-hmm. is what I associate with that time in my life. But I think it actually started before I got that job. So like just to put, I guess, in your brain to put some sort of timeline on it. So I turned 18 in... 1994 and i would have been you know freshly leaving the house at that point we talked about last episode i worked at the pca place i worked at ridge around that time by the time i got this job woodfield three and four i was definitely living out of the house i was definitely with uh my girlfriend and and her mom living there and then we had our first kind of foray into like a group sex thing uh, Thanksgiving of that year. So I can't remember if I had stopped working at three and four by then. I feel like I probably, it was around the time when I stopped working there. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's, and that in my brain, that's when my whole, like I had like a shift in view of the world. It sounds stupid. Cause we're just really, we're just talking about fucking, you know? <laughs> so like, you know, the idea of like, Oh, you're fucking this person. You're in a monogamous relationship. And then suddenly things change and now you are fucking more than that person and you're in an open relationship. And what does that mean? But in my brain, it was like, oh, that's a thing, right? I went from being guy who thought, you know, I, I, I enjoyed pornography and I saw lots of group sex kind of stuff happening in those movies. And in my brain, I was like, yeah, that's just movies, you know, that's right. not real life. People don't do that in real life. And then at some point I was like, wait, 
why not? <laughs> they they can certainly, right? But monogamy and polygamy are are so different, and it's not just well, fucking. There's so well, when much... you say when you say polygamy, you mean polyamory, right? Because yeah, polygamy yeah, yeah. is like what the Mormons do. Well, not all the Mormons, <laughs> but the the old school ones. Yeah, that's what I mean. The real serious ones. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I didn't even know what the word polyamorous meant. I mean, I don't know if it wasn't like it is now where you go online and polyamorous is a thing you see in, you know, fucking print everywhere and TV shows have polyamorous couples in them. And I remember having to like look up and find out what I was, you know, it's like, what is, there's gotta be a word for how I feel when it comes to romantic relationships. But yeah, that, that all started for me around this time in my timeline, but it makes me kind of think and go back to, I look at you and you know, you're 14, 15. And when I was 14, I couldn't, I thought about sex all the time. It was constantly on my mind. I had hobbies. I went to school. It was all just framed around when am I going to get my first sexual experience? When am I going to meet the first girl who's going to allow me to do things with her? Like, I, you know, it's, I had my first girlfriend when I was 14. So my first kiss when I was 14, freshman year. So that was after McDonald's. But before U.S. Research Company, <laughs> and you know, as soon as like that happened, the bandaid kind of got ripped off, and then the, ne- the next girlfriend was my virginity, and you know, my first oral sex experiences probably happened in you know the end of freshman year, and then sophomore year was all about exploring the you know, the, the varieties thereof. Um, but yeah, I I mean, I think back to when I was fifteen, and. I would have had to try to avoid talking about it. You know, me and my friends, uh, namely my two best friends in, in high school, Aaron and Shane, were like constantly talking about it and trying to figure out like, okay, how, how is this going to happen? Or how is this going to happen more often? Or <laughs> what are our options right now? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like all, you know, and it, it's funny because if you look at our early romantic relationships, it was like all of the same kind of out of the same pool of girls. So, you know, like his, like Aaron's first girlfriend, I hooked up with, you know, a year and a half later and my first girlfriend, both of them hooked up with or dated within two years of that. And like we, it was very incestuous, yeah. you know, cause it was like, Oh, this is a known quantity and we'd all hang out together and we weren't having any kind of like group sex or anything like that. It wasn't, that wasn't on the menu at all. Yeah. But I remember, I remember thinking, oh, very, very soon we can be having sex potentially. And then it was like, okay, which one of us is going to have sex first? Because there's three of us and we've all got girlfriends and we're all kind of feeling our way through this. But it was very much like, I remember, like, I, I think Shane had sex first i think he was the the one that had had it first and then i had it after that and then aaron had it after that and but it was like a big deal you know like oh dude <laughs> things are different now yeah. and i think back to you and and i'm like wow you and your friends were like on a very different wavelength i wonder had you known me let's say you just happen to be friends with me 
Yeah. If you would have been like freaked out and and sort of been like, oh, this is not my scene at all, you guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or would you've been like, this is what I was, this is what I was hoping to kind of find myself in a group of guys who are trying actively to make penises and vaginas come together <laughs> in some fashion. Yeah, dude. You know. Do what? you know? Can you can you put yourself back at age fifteen and think like if I had had two or three friends who were getting it on and who were like introducing me to girls who were potentially interested would you have been like kind of you know like there's a lot of people who'd be like ooh, skeeved like i'm not ready for that and they'd find they'd make an excuse to like get out of the situation and then never call those people again because they're like i don't want to be it's, it's too much pressure no i mean if it was you and you <laughs> how you were that yeah. would be that would be a little too rough for me i could tell yeah. you that right now because I'm I'm a pretty sensitive dude. I'm a pretty emotional dude, and like we're friends. But then you're trying to make me feel like a bitch. Then you know I don't jive with that because I'm not going to come back at that in a positive yeah. way. I don't I don't think that that was my well. Okay, so there is a kind of an analog to this when I so we we I think we talked we talked about my bands a bit in high school in a, a different episode and then I ended up cutting all of that out of the episode for a variety of reasons <laughs> uh, so even though you and I have talked about it on microphone the, the audience hasn't heard anything about that yet but so I was in a band I started a band my junior year of high school called Sackhead <laughs> and we briefly talked about that name and how all of the band names of that era for me all kind of had some sort of vaguely genitalia references <laughs> but regardless of that we were in a band and it was me playing guitar and Aaron playing bass and Shane playing drums and then we were looking for a second guitar player because the stuff I was writing was two guitar parts and I had been introduced to this guy Andy who was two years younger I'd actually the year before one of the bands I was in called <laughs> Uncle Wiggly's All Male Review and Rock and Roll Band. <laughs> <laughs> it was like kind of a cover band that had a few originals, and it was. I joined it because it would be a good chance for me to play live. Like they, the fucking the bass player was you know on the fucking varsity football team, and he was popular, and he was a senior or something, and I was just a little sophomore and. Uh, the singer of the band was my friend Barry, who I had talked about in previous episodes, I think. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so we uh, the name, yeah, the you old man. We we put it on flyers, and the flyers were getting like torn down by teachers because they thought it was something inappropriate. Yeah, you know, as they would, I guess. But anyway, that band had played the yearbook party at our high school. So you went to Wheeling High School, the same high school I went to ten years later, and. Do you, did you guys have a yearbook party? Do you remember that? Yeah, that thing? I, I played it. Did you play it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we played it. Okay. In the field so, house it was. Oh, uh, we did it in the cafeteria. Yeah. So we played that, and oddly, the band Cap and Jazz, who went on to become kind of a seminal emo, early emo band, and influenced a lot of bigger bands later, uh, opened for us at that show, which I find fucking supremely comical, because we were like the shitty cover band playing like Nirvana and uh, Red Hot Chili Pepper covers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And they were like playing original songs and, <laughs> you know, doing their own thing. But, uh, I think again, because we had the, the band members 
that were like older guys and they were more well established. They got us the the headlining gig on that show for sure. But anyway, at that show, I remember another guy that I knew introducing me to this kid, Andy, and he was like, he was in eighth grade at the time. He was just visiting, like, hey, you should come hang out and see bands play. And I remember meeting him and be like, yeah, cool, nice to meet you. Like, and he was kind of looking at me like, oh, you were just on stage up there playing music, you know, kind of thing. And he's fucking fourteen or fifteen. And uh, and then fast forward like four or five months and we were looking for a second guitar player and we were at a, one of the high school football games at Wheeling, like hanging out. And we ended up just kind of hanging out with Andy and his friend Jesse. And we hung out like the whole night with them and we drove around and we got tacos and we fucking hit on girls and we became like best friends and sort of welcomed him into the fold. And I remember he played guitar. I remember the, that being a, a topic of conversation at the yearbook show. And then, six months later or whatever i'm like hey you play guitar right and he's like yeah i'm like you should fucking play with the band you should try out or whatever and he's like okay and he's like this little kid that same band <laughs> no. yeah it was sackhead no that was this was <clears throat> when i was starting sackhead and okay. i was looking for another guitar player so that band the uncle wiggly's thing i was only in that band long enough to play those shows and then i i quit to be in a death metal band that never went anywhere <laughs> yeah um, yeah, that death metal band, we pl- we never played a show. We would practice, and I was constantly trying to get them to like write originals, and then they would default back to playing like Slayer songs. Ugh. And then anytime I would try to like talk about music or like, hey, we should do this, the drummer would play fills over me just to like fuck with me. <laughs> and he was this big, huge dude, so like he'd occasionally just get up and like bum rush you and tackle you onto the bed, and he was like, you know, 350 pounds. <laughs> We never played a single show. The The singer of the band never showed up once for band practice the entire time I was in the band. <laughs> <laughs> so we never had a singer when I played with them. And uh, yeah, that quickly, I moved on and decided to start my own band that would, you know, play original music. And, you know, I wanted to play house shows. Like, that was when um, Captain Jazz was playing house shows. And, and we had, the first band I was in, RTB, had opened for their first show in the basement of the two of the guys in the band used to put shows on in their basement. So that was the very first show I ever played was in that basement. And I wanted to start another band that was going to play shows in the basement. Cause everything I'd done after that was like, not going to play shows in that basement. You know, we were yeah. going to play like halftime at the fucking basketball game. <laughs> we definitely played smells like teen spirit at the halftime of the basketball game. And I felt like such a fucking fraud <laughs> I was like in a flannel shirt playing Smells Like Teen Spirit and the cheerleaders were all like doing cheerleading stuff like from the fucking video and then I was just like what the fuck am I doing here like this is so wrong I mean what you were listening to was so not that it was though that's the thing right this is like I started listening to like grunge and stuff right before it broke and then it broke and then I was like oh this is cool the kind of music I like is popular because this is before i started listening to like more obscure shit and like the the emo shit wasn't even stuff yet like there was the first wave of emo which is like the dc stuff yeah but at that point i don't think i'd even heard fugazi yet you know what i mean oh like i thought you heard this, them by then i don't i think i heard them around when i started sackhead so it was probably between uncle wiggly's and Sackhead in that vicinity. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Smile every time I say it. So Uncle funny. Wiggly's all male review and rock and roll band. And we definitely played Knocking on Heaven's Door by Bob Dylan. 
And I definitely played those three chords for approximately five minutes. <laughs> you know what's the funniest thing about that band? There's a lot of funny things about Uncle Wiggly's, but the thing that I always look back on fondly, we would play uh, Under the Bridge by Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the other guitar player, who was an adult, so I'm 15 at this time, and this guy was like probably 19. Yeah. He was like out of high school. I didn't know who the fuck he was. He was this guy who showed up at band practice. He used to fucking take his shoes and socks off and play barefoot. He couldn't play that song. Like he he like didn't have the talent to play that song. That's a pretty so, tricky riff, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose if you're in like your first two or three years of playing guitar and you're not, you know, super well. I don't know. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I I, I could play it. I'd been playing guitar for about two and a half years at that point, and okay. I didn't have any training. But I found it odd that he couldn't play it. But he couldn't, and they really wanted to play it because it was popular and we liked the song. And, you know, of course, if you play that at that time, people liked it. So he used to unplug his guitar and pretend to play while we played that song. And I remember we played the variety show. Did you play the variety show at Wheeling High School with any of your bands? Sure did. Of course. Junior year, yeah. So we played the variety show. I played it with uh, them and a year later with Sackhead. And that's a whole other story that's hilarious and bizarre. But um, he, I remember him unplugging his guitar. Nobody knew other than us. And then we're playing. And he's dancing around the fucking stage like a jackass because he's not really playing. So he's not having to like And he's actually, 19. He's older. He's got like fucking a goatee. <laughs> and I'm up here actually playing the riffs. And I'm, I'm like struggling because I'm holding it down, you know? Like there's right. only me playing guitar, even though there's two guitars. And he's dancing around like acting like he's playing. He's rocking out and stuff. And I can see him in my peripheral vision. I just want to fucking hit him with my guitar. I'm like, you fuckhead. Like, I, I just wanted to stop playing and watch him dance and pretend to play. And have the audience be like, wait a minute. <laughs> That guy sucked. He had no business. Um, weird, man. Yeah. Anyway, my original point was... At least he played barefoot. He did. He played barefoot. He was a fucking dill hole. But, uh... <laughs> uh and Barry, as a singer, used to, like, kind of, like, goof on him. But, like, in the... To the audience. <laughs> I remember him... too. Huh? Someone fucking had to. That's yeah, ridiculous. He, he used dude. to. I remember. He, I remember Barry referred to him as Uncle Guitar Man Dan at one point during a show, <laughs> like, and and I thought it was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> that's really weirdly in- insulting, because <laughs> you know Uncle Wiggly, so he's Uncle Guitar Man Dan. Uh, my original point though was talking about Andy, and we welcomed him into the fold. He was in the band before I even heard him play because we just liked him. He was like our mascot. He was. Like I, he was like my little brother or something, you know. Yeah. But he was how, kind of how I would imagine you being if I had met you at fifteen. Like he was a virgin. He didn't have a lot of experience with girls. He wasn't shy necessarily, but he was not outgoing. And we essentially just introduced him to our group of friends and like brought him in, and he suddenly was part of it. And he was he ate it up with a spoon. You know what I mean? And I never was like. I don't remember being like ever making him feel like he's a bitch, you know? Like I thought it was cool that he was new and we were going to kind of I remember thinking, "Oh, he's going to have a head start I didn't have." You know, like in high school, he's he's an incoming freshman and he's he's joining this band that's going to play shows and 
meet people and girls are going to know who he is, you know, and, and it just, I remember feeling like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad it, that he's going to have that opportunity because I did not feel that way in my early experiences. And like I was thinking about if you had somebody that took you under their wing like that, if you would have reacted how he did, which is embracing it, or if you would have been like, like gone out the back. No. It would have been like that meme with Homer going into the bush. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I do too. No, I mean, I would have been, it would have been huge because, you know what, it's weird. Like, you tell me these stories and stuff like that, and I think about even movies like back then. It's all about, like, guys trying to get laid and, you know, being easygoing. And then, like, as I get older, there's, like, these movies about guys being scared about getting laid and scared to talk. You know, it's almost like a fucking regression and making it, I don't know. But I was definitely self-conscious and stuff like that as far as it, as far as girls came because, you know, I was in bands and stuff like that. And, like, man, when I first played you know, our variety show in eighth grade, like, dude, everyone was going fucking nuts because (laughs) there were other people that played, you know, in bands for that. But like we spent the whole summer fucking working on these few songs and like we were just polished and fucking perfect and like performed and like we had fucking strobe lights and shit like that. (laughs) But it was corn and like we had like decent amps and stuff. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. And I was outgoing and stuff like that, but man, it's just like with girls, I was just self-conscious and I just, I don't know. I didn't love myself enough to give, give, you know, to pull any kind of trigger. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I don't think of myself as, I mean, I was as self-loathing, I think, as you could be back then, but I guess I just wanted to have those experiences bad enough that I overcame it. Yeah. And I also got lucky. I had the friends I had that they were like this, they were sort of yin to my yang in a lot of ways. So the ways I lacked, they sort of stepped up and, and kind of handled it. I guarantee sure. you if I was on my own, I wouldn't have had half the opportunities I had. And, you know, they gave me a lot of confidence when I required it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I When I met you, yeah, I don't. I remember thinking like, "Oh, you." Well, like we'll talk about it during that Best Buy episode, I guess. Yeah. More, but it's. Uh, I look forward to that discussion. <laughs> I got some stuff I want to, I want to, kind of dig on, okay. see what's going on inside that brain, and see how you remember it. But regardless, um, yeah, I don't know. That's. I think that's all I got for this this episode. What about you? How are you feeling? Well. Where do these jobs rate on the PP meter? Yes, the PP <laughs> meter. So to remind everybody what I, what we're talking about there, uh, I'm going to rate these jobs scale scale of one to ten, and uh, you know, ten means I do it again for free, so that's good. That means it was awesome, and uh, one would be I'd rather drink piss than do that job again. <laughs> so I think uh, Woodfield three and four. I think it's a like it's probably a six i think it's a six i i didn't i didn't hate it i didn't really love it i liked the freedom of it you know i yeah. liked making minimum wage to fuck but i'm gonna put a little echo on that i think i hope you do 
What do you think? Uh, I'm not opposed can... to you starting to add some effects into the editing process, <laughs> <laughs> wherever oh, you see oh. fit. All right, all right, all right. Don't forget, don't forget, you asked for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put a little delay on you. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I think six. It's it was slightly better than than a a C, but it, it wasn't much better. And then five through nine is definitely a two. And it'd probably be a three, except for it actually smelled like piss, so it loses a point towards the piss portion of the scale. Uh, Or I guess gains a point towards the piss portion of the scale, yeah. Now, I want you to be sure about that, though, because we're going to approach some jobs where you absolutely despise it, and you just gave this one a Five through nines there. You sure? Yeah, five through nines, yeah, yeah. Five through nine, I would not do that again. I don't think I'd work there again. I think you'd have to. I think I'd rather drink piss. Drink. Uh, well, that's why it's not a one. I guess it, it depends on whose piss we're talking about. All right. What if it's my pee? You have to drink my pee. Oh boy. Well, I've been drinking a lot of I'm soda. Bi- I'm bi. I'm bi, but I lean more towards the female side of things. So it's that's weird. You know, I, I'm not. It's weird that I identify that, the idea of like, oh, would I drink your piss? Well, how attracted to you am I? Like, That's normal very... people don't, those two things have nothing to do with each other. But for me, it's like bodily, it's like a bodily fluid thing, right? Like, would I, would I let you come in my mouth? Um, it depends on the situation, I guess. But <laughs> right. Like, obviously, I'd rather, would I? Ooh, that's a weird, what's a weird direction to go right now? Would I rather you come in my mouth or piss in my mouth? <laughs> I may need to cut this out. (laughs) I need to cut this out. We are rated E for not everybody. (laughs) E for explicit. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, no, it's a two. Fuck that job. Okay. It's a fucking two. There will be some ones on this list for sure, but that's a two. That job. That. I think that job was worse than McDonald's and worse than. I think that five through nine out of all of them so far was the one I would least want to go back and work one more shift doing mm. of the ones we've talked about. Well, let's say now, this then too, th- because hmm? you we we said we weren't going to do this, but how about working at Ridge? Oh, uh, Ridge is a nine. Are there or be, no? Ridge is an eight. We're gonna go eight. Are there going to be any tans? Yeah. Okay. Um. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'll have th- to think harder on that. I thought for sure I, that would have been a 10. No, because I wouldn't do it for free. That's the thing, right? Would but, I do it for free? I mean, would you, uh, do any, you wouldn't do any job for free unless it was like hanging well, that's, out with Dan, <laughs> you know? That's what I'm... Yeah, yeah, no, I know. But I'm saying, though, I can just hang out with Dan. I don't need, I don't need to, like, tear people's <laughs> fucking movie tickets. <laughs> so, that's... Uh, Ridge is an 8. I okay. think that we'll see some 9s. I think that they're... There, there's one or two that might that might flirt with ten, and that'll be a discussion for those episodes for sure. Okay, but we're not, we haven't, we haven't hit that yet. Ridge was an eight. I give okay. Ridge an eight, um, and then might as well hit U.S. Research Company, which was probably like a four or three, and then Bob Chin's Crab House is probably a three, and then uh, PCA. PCA was probably also a three. It's going to be a lot of threes, I think, on this list. 
Might want to give that a four or five for that power breakfast. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was mean, thinking that about auto- it more. That automatically boosted up just a hair. <laughs> yeah, we're going to the four. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that. I was. You know, I listened to that episode um, when we, when when I was obviously when I was editing it. <laughs> Start that <laughs> sentence over. <laughs> when I was listening to that episode. <laughs> when I was listening to that episode. Uh, I, I was thinking, like, oh, I, I called that guy my hero. You know? Like, that guy was my fucking hero. And then I'm listening, I'm like, that guy was definitely probably a bad person. You know, he probably wasn't a good guy. There's a chance that he had done some date raping in his past. And oh. probably wasn't paying child support. And, like, I, I, I joke. You know, I say things like, he's my hero because he's wearing a fucking power breakfast shirt with cunnilingus on it to work every day. He's not my hero. <laughs> Rollins circa 1993 is my hero. <laughs> yeah. No. Power Breakfast guy has made a bold choice. That I will say. That you support. And yes. That job's a four because of his shirt. Okay. His That job is a three wearing a Power Breakfast shirt, which then makes it a four. The actual job wears the shirt. In a weird meta moment, the job wears that shirt when it goes to work at its job. What dimension are we living in? <laughs> hey guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, <laughs> episode on this, on, this, on this episode number seven of Tip to Tip. Uh, you know what we're talking about next episode? Let me have it. Uh, next episode is going to be a good one. It's going to make up for, for this one, I think. <laughs> Next episode we're talking about, and I'm curious, I'm curious uh, how much I've told you about this job. Next episode episode is uh, Ken's World of Video. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, Ken's World of Video. Look forward to that. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope that uh, I didn't talk about semen too much. Hopefully it was just the right amount. Semen. <laughs> we talk and about semen note. and we talk about drinking pee-pee. Listen, hopefully less of that on next episode, but I doubt it. (laughs) I know it's coming. I know it's coming, and there's going to be semen on the next episode. I'm just warning you. All right. I appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you next time. Bye.